Hey, everybody, it's me, Lenora, from It's a New Dawn. I am an RN holistic health coach. And actually, if you guys have been following me, I am in a different area. Uh, my oldest son got me something, Wi-Fi extenders or whatever, to uh, make the Wi-Fi better in the house. So I'm actually in my yoga studio in Hillsborough, New Jersey, where, you know, I do my, my yoga teaching. And hopefully it will run smoothly today for our podcast. And today I am sitting with Meredith Alexander. Where are you from, Meredith? I, don't even I know. am from Tampa, Florida. So we just had a lovely little hurricane here yesterday. Very exciting. Uh, I heard it was like a, a tropical storm. It was a hurricane. It was. It was. It. It. Um. Some parts of Tampa were literally underwater, but um. Uh. But that's you know. It, as far as her used to that. it was super simple. Yeah. Right. You're used to that. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm going to introduce you from the bio. Um, I met, didn't meet her, but when I put the Facebook little ad on Facebook, Meredith is one of the people who reached out to me. So her bio reads, we've all had bad days, but what does a boulder falling in South America have to do with ditching a dead end job and finding the future that you know you were destined for? The answer is everything. Our guest today is best-selling author, resilience, and peak performance coach and GRIT, G-R-I-T acronym, mindset expert, Meredith Alexander. Uh, that's my second son's name, by the way, Alexander. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, Meredith's book, The Sky is the Limit, hit the number one new release in the motivational category on Amazon the night that it was launched. Her and her daughter's story has been featured in media around the world. Her Grit Mindset Academy has helped clients around the world to look beyond the beliefs that have been stopping them, to begin to harness the secrets of the inner and outer game that can help you in achieving amazing things, even those things that previously might have seemed impossible. The end game, a life that you love waking up to even when those boulders cross your path. And I can't wait to hear this story because I know a little bit about what's going on in your life, but I, I'm, I think this is so interesting and so inspirational. So I'm going to turn the camera over to you. Well, Go I ahead, wanna, Meredith. <laughs> I just want to thank you for, you know, for inviting me to be part of your amazing show and thank, um, you. thank you to the listeners who are joining us today. So um, I don't know if, if, some of you who are out there joining us today might be feeling a little bit stuck or a little bit overwhelmed right now. And that's, that's totally where I was just a few years ago. Um, I was, I felt like I was living the hamster wheel life. I was chasing and chasing and chasing, and it was all focused on my outer game. Meaning I was going for new marketing strategies and new branding strategies and sell, 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 sell. And meanwhile, I was trying to balance being a single mom of, albeit three adult children. My youngest child had just graduated from Yale. So she was going to be spending an entire year in South America. I was moving in with a boyfriend. My other daughter was getting married. I was constantly moving, but I felt like life was passing me by. I had zero idea of what my passion was, much less how to live it. It was, it was a mess. And uh, then on one Friday afternoon, 
the phone rang and I heard this voice on the other end say, I don't quite know how to tell you this, but there's been an accident. You need to rush down here to Columbia, South America. I got chills all through my, all through my body just now. Yeah. Just chills. Cause I know, I know what happened, but. Mm -hmm. So here's this young woman on the other end of the line. And she incidentally, so my youngest daughter, Sky was down on that fellowship and she had just finished helping to build a school. So now she was going to be moving into a segment where she was working, she would be working with this village of women weavers and helping them maybe, you know, get their goods out and, and, and have more of an income for their education. So the young woman who was an American who was kind of the boss of this program had suggested that she and my daughter Skylar go down to South America, to Colombia, from Peru, where they were, to Colombia for just a couple of weeks for bonding and just having fun. And the day before they were scheduled to go back to Peru, they had gone and joined a group of tourists on a rafting trip uh, on this excursion. They'd gone through the dangerous part. And so the guides had taken these two little raft filled with kids from all over the world uh, into this beautiful grotto that was just perfect for swimming. And it had a ledge, but you had to climb up, kind of free climb up the side of a cliff to get there. So what apparently happened was everyone was having a wonderful time. And Skye, of course, being the daredevil that she was, was on her way back up the cliff when something happened, someone above her somehow dislodged one of the boulders and it came plummeting down, cracking open her skull and knocking her off the side of the cliff onto the boulders Mm. below. And so... Um, there I was, it was like, I can only explain to you, Lenora, it was like being two people. I was, I just, uh, being a mom of five, right. Mm-hmm. Being a mother, being a mother, right. When you were saying the call, every right. mother's dread, you know, right. Oh my and, God. And you've probably had the experience of seeing other families <sighs> where clearly they're, they're challenged. There's some sort of injury or something that is going on with, with one of the kids in the family. And I, and I don't know about you, but I just thought, wow, I wonder how they, how they endure that. And I hope I never know. And all of a sudden I'm getting this call and her voice is quivering and I'm just like frozen. I'm, I'm fluttering between total denial and, and hysteria as I'm listening to this and it really felt like there was part of me that was observing the whole thing mm-hmm. and another An outer, part- outer, outer body yes. experience. Yes. Right. Yes, exactly. So what did, what did she say? Did she say wh- what the extent so of the injuries she, were? Or? She started, well, first of all, she, she didn't know exactly where in Colombia she was. Um, I Ugh. kept trying to, tell myself this was just a broken leg. She was going to be fine. But then as she started going into more detail, I said, um, is there a chance that she won't make it? And I will never forget at the end. And she just said, we just need to get you down here. 
And I hung up the phone and absolutely collapsed on the floor and felt like I'm not big enough for this. I don't, I'm not big enough. I have no experience with this. I don't speak Spanish. I don't know. I don't know what to do. And (sighs) yeah, it was, it was amazing. And it, and it, as you can imagine, all of those little outer game chasing things seemed trivial and super important. Yeah, it was just, uh, and, and, and so in hindsight, though, as I look back, I have come to understand that often some of the greatest miracles in our lives show up looking like our greatest challenges. And so for me, as I orchestrated with my other kids, getting to Columbia with my oldest daughter, my son was going to stay here stateside and hold down the fort. Um, Part of the magic was that I didn't get to hop into a car and just run to the hospital where she was. I had to take this epic journey hours and hours it would take me almost 24 hours with all the layovers and everything to get to her and um, we were turned away at the Tampa airport because we were too close to take off time even though we had no checked luggage they said it wasn't their problem so we had to drive physically to Miami to catch a flight and yet I realized as I was on that first leg to Bogota that there really is no better place to really look inside your soul and what you're made of and why you're here and ask those powerful questions than at 30,000 feet. And so it you, you realized that already. You were real. Yes. You were realizing that that early in this. Yes. Trauma. And here, and, and here's, here's the magic of it. And, and, and again, if anyone has experienced anything like this, so when this happened, I had already had several things in my life, an abusive relationship. Um, I was, you know, been a single mom for the majority of my life. A lot of real things in my life that even though I knew um, spiritually that I should forgive them or I should feel gratitude for them, there was just no freaking way if I was authentic. (laughs) Yeah, right, right. That I can tell you that I was okay with them or I understood why they had happened in my life or that I thought it was better because of them. Um, And yet what they had ignited in me was aside from the feeling, I don't want this to happen again, but a feeling of, is there some other choice that maybe I could have made something I could learn. And I've always, since I was a child, been passionate about what I now call the inner game. That's energy, that's spirituality. That is why do some people throughout history and time emerge from these catastrophic moments in their life as epic versions of themselves, Mm. versions of themselves that they never would have been if they spent their entire life in a feathered nest. And then why do other people get absolutely paralyzed and give in? And so it had pushed me to ask different questions, to explore and to really start 
learning more about the power of our minds, the power of our focus, the power of energy. And, and, and simply because they weren't really measurable in outer game standards, or at least I didn't understand that they could be measurable at that point. I almost looked at them as kind of an intriguing hobby that I had. And now there I was on the plane and here's where everything came together. I realized that thanks to all of a sudden those horrible experiences in my life, I had some tools. I had some things that gave me hope because I certainly, as you know, there's no way I could like undo the boulder or Mm -hmm. anything on the outer game that I could possibly control or help with. The only prayer I had was that inner game and everything. And I looked at whether it was law of attraction, you know, Abraham Hicks, which I loved, whether Mm -hmm. it was energy, whatever it was, everything promised that this is a law. And when you're honoring that and tapping into it accordingly, the outcome is a given ask and it is given. Right. And so I thought, well, I can't control my outer game, but I sure as heck can play a mean inner game. So game on, right. Because the worst of all of my negative emotions were feeling like I was powerless to help Scott. And this was the only place that I could show up being the mom that I felt like she deserved and that I could make whatever happened as far as the outcome, empower the meaning of her life rather than reducing all of this. I mean, cause she, she had done, she was 22 years old when this happened and she had already been to five out of the seven continents. She had taught English to monks in Nepal. She had helped uh, the natives in uh, Tanzania. I mean, she'd been to Croatia. She'd been all over trying to work her magic to change the world. And so if I didn't find some way to find my own power, then I would be basically reducing all of that, the entire meaning of her life, simply that she had lived so I could finish out the rest of my life saying, I'm the mother of a child who was killed by a boulder. Right, right. And that would really bury her for me. Mm-hmm. And it was amazing that you came to all this, this insight that in the middle of this trauma that just happened, you, it's so wise. All the things that you're saying, they're very, it's very deep to come to this way of thinking you know what I mean? Hmm. Well, you know, that and, soon after it happened. And, you know, and, um, and so, here, but to your point, Lenora, how do we, how do we get to that place quickly when we've had practice? Right. So mm-hmm. it's thanks to being pushed beyond what I thought were my limits multiple times previously, previously. Okay. And having to practice what was I going to make this mean Mm -hmm. would I let it destroy me or would I insist that I commit to it empowering me and Mm -hmm. so I'd had so those things all of a sudden I didn't 
resent these things anymore. I felt all of a sudden it was a profound sense of like oh, awe and gratitude. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my gosh. So, and, and thanks to a lot of this training and practice, I was able to quickly identify what is my biggest desire here. It is to set everything in motion that I possibly can to give my daughter a shot at creating a miracle and asking myself new questions. And the first one, and again, new questions had to be questions that my brain could intelligently and logically buy into. This was not a time for me to try to look on the uh, the bright side, for example, because people would ask me going forward, how can you always look on the bright side? And thanks to that experience and that training, I would say, because I'm absolutely never looking on the bright side. And they would say, what do you mean? And I would say, well, think about it. If you're trying to look on the bright side, where are you really focused? You're focused on this big, looming, dark side. Item, what you focus on expands. And so my challenge, my opportunity was to find a way that to my mind could authentically buy into the fact that a miracle was possible and possibly even probable if these laws were true and they were either true or they were not. So I had a 50-50 shot, right? Mm -hmm. So I started to ask new questions. And the first one was, has anyone throughout time ever achieved anything that people said was impossible? And the answer, of course, was yes, because I was literally flying in something that at one point had been impossible. Yeah. Right? That was the first thing I thought of. (laughs) Yep. 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 Absolutely. And that's the thing. When our minds, to your point, go there rationally, where you're not having to push it and feel like you're going into never, never land. When When it's a logical, yes, this is reality, then it makes it easier. So once I was there, then it made it easier for me to go from despair to a little bit of hope and then find the thoughts that would help me go from hope to a little bit of belief. And then from belief to that place where it all of a sudden, it was like flipping a switch. It was as if I'd been picked up, transported five years ahead, allowed to look around and see what I'm seeing and then pick back up and given a second chance to live this moment because it felt like such a powerful knowing that it became the expectation that we would be fine, whatever that new fine is destined to be. And the irony is that as soon as I found myself getting into that place, it really began to look as if there was some grand choreography going on, as if life had to conform to that vision. When I got to the hospital the next day, um, I was not this hysterical mom. I was totally in my power. I was invested in 
thousands of years of people who said that this energy stuff is real, this mind, this focus, this, this intangible, this inner game is real when you invest in it, when you lose yourself, when you open to it. And I, is that part I said, of the thoughts and actions shape your reality? Yep. So I actually, I don't know if you know TikTok, but I do a lot of inspirational posts on there. But I had said one time, uh, you know, I'm sure you've heard that your thoughts and actions shape your reality. And I said, it could be woo-woo to some people, but what if it was even a little bit true? Wouldn't it be worth your time and effort to do that, right? Yes. What if? What yes. if? So. So I, yes, I, I am so right there with you. And I, I sometimes joke with people that there is often a little bit of woo, woo on the way to woo who, you know, I mean, <laughs> biggest celebrations involve being open to allowing a little bit of magic into your life. Few mm. things that maybe you don't even have to explain. Just allow them to unfold. I had and a guest on here. Back. She was the bald warrior. She uh -huh. had alopecia, alopecia from mm. Australia. And she had a dragon uh, mm. tattoo put on her head. And of course, that signifies believing in the magic. Right. Exactly yep. what you said. Mm -hmm. Yes. Believe yes. in the magic. Yes. yes. And the magic. I mean, uh, yes. I mean, there's so, there's so much evidence throughout time of impossible things happening, miracles happening. And so why not you, right? Why not look in the mirror and say, why not us? Why not me? Why not now? I love that. Right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I want to know get to the hospital so we get to the hospital meaning my other daughter and and I and um, the first thing they showed us was the x-ray of her skull and um, it looked like something that you would see in the museum of natural history I mean it looked like there's no way that someone could survive that and so then they took us over to, to see her and, you know, they had to shave all of her hair off and her, she was just hooked up to every possible machine, but here, but their teeny tiny ICU was smaller than most high school gymnasiums, about half the size. And there were no rooms. There were just curtains in between the beds. And so all this resonating sound of all the beep, beep, the life support systems and and anything that was going on in there. And um, miracles began to happen like immediately, immediately for us. I mean, things like even the, the in Colombia, it's almost impossible to find a hospital that even has an ICU. Not only did this hospital have an ICU, but the lead neurosurgeon of the University of Bogota had retired to this tiny little town because of all the motorcycle accidents in case they ever needed his help. So not only did she have, you know, anesthesiologists and a general surgeon, but mm -hmm. they had a, a 
brain surgeon to actually work on her. There were things like um, I could get no, I, it was very, very hard to get Wi-Fi there and very, very difficult to find a place to keep the phones charged. And so one of the times the next day when we went in to be with Sky, I commented to the young woman who had been with Skylar um, and, my, and my daughter, Saya, that um, I wished we could play music for Skylar because Sky was in a coma, of course. And uh, I just, I, I knew that she loved music and I knew of the power. And, and again, I'm really investing in energy at this point. And so I put my phone down. Mind you, I'm not connected to Wi-Fi. There was no public Wi-Fi there. Um, I put my phone and I, and I didn't have, I, I was totally disconnected. So I put my phone down and start washing my hands to scrub in because it was the ICU. And all of a sudden blaring on my phone comes music on Pandora. Now, again, I'm not connected to the Wi-Fi and I had nothing saved. And my Pandora app opens itself <laughs> and starts playing. Did you get, did you get the chills just oh now? Oh my gosh, yeah. Oh yeah, it started with- <laughs> what, what year is this? I know, this is 2016. Okay. And so the first song that popped up was um, Izzy, I think it is um, the Hawaiian version of Somewhere Over the Rainbow. Oh my God. Oh yes. It's like my favorite version and I love that song. Me too, me too. And um and so Oh my god, come on. An entire You can't make this up. No. <laughs> That's crazy. An entire song list played that was like a conversation. It would the songs would come on as if in conversation with what we either said to Skylar or oh, what uh. some doctors came in in the, in the middle of this. And um, so That's here's the nuts. thing that was really cool. So it was- Not nuts, it's cool. It's yes. like- Yes. Oh, it's so beautiful. So, so to your point, you can't make this stuff up. Again, the unfolding was just so neat. Clearly there were people all over the world because Sky was such a world traveler um, who were- concerned about sky and so it was it, it, there was no way that I could contact all of them but because of the the inner game now that I was engaged in and the whole energy and everything that I was really very conscious and deliberately focusing I believed that it was really really important that people around the world not be viewing her as near death, but to view her at her mightiness. And so I first started trying to do some positive updates on her page and quickly realized we were flooded with all these friend requests um, from people I had no clue who they were. So I was like, no, we cannot cannibalize her page. So we launched this page on Facebook called Sky is the Limit, but spelled like her name, S-C-H-E-Y, that, that went on to actually a year later become the book. And so what happened on those pages was <sighs> this was real time unfolding, where real time we unfolded the playlist, where that this had happened. And 
And so they could, anyone who was reading these posts could see the mindset in action, understanding that the prognosis was still that she wasn't going, odds were that she wouldn't make this, right? And yet the, the, the kind of counterpoint of the mindset, because again, we, I, I deliberately did not publish one photo of her in the hospital, not one. And I, and I, anyone who, who had access to a photo of her was, we're very clear, this may not be published. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so the, and the, this wasn't a, a post about, oh, please play, pray for Skylar. Right, right, right. This was, look, if you want to support us, then you tap into the magic. You go out there, you be the best version of yourself. You be the person who starts smiling and talking in the elevator. You be the person who goes out and lives their dreams and find your inner Skylar and spread it around the world and we will overcome this. And so we started with about a hundred people following this page. And just a few weeks later, we had thousands and thousands of people and wow. it was literally a fan a year later who said, when are you going to publish those posts into a book? And I was, I was perplexed at first thinking, well, they're on Facebook. Why do you want them? And she was, she said to me, you know, yeah, but time passes and it gets harder and harder to go back. And those are so inspiring. And I was of course getting, you know, amazing communication from people around the world who didn't know us saying, the impact that it had. And so we decided a year later to take those first months and without editing a thing, just adding a couple of chapters, putting it in that book that, that went on, on Amazon to, you know, it's still out there impacting people. And that beautiful. Has, oh my goodness. So beautiful. I love that. Yeah. And, and but it's that. been, it's been fun that it just kind of accidentally happened that way because people, you know, if I had gone back and written a book about it, it would be easy to say, yeah, that that really happened that way. But this was the actual catalog of what was going on. There's no so, accident. You know that. Right. Exactly. It was all synchronicity. Exactly. Exactly. Supposed to happen. I want to know, like, after, like, I want to know, I know she's, so, okay now so, like yeah. she's made such so, such strides and so excited to hear all about this yes so four months later she you know we had gotten her to uh three days later we, we had gotten her to Miami so the majority of the work that the, the procedures that she underwent were happened in Miami at, at this amazing hospital called Jackson Memorial and um just you know, I mean, it, we don't have enough time to go into all the crazy miracles that sure. just, I, but by the time we were re released, um, the doctors were calling us the miracle family. And they even invited us back last year to talk about mindset to 300 of their employees and the power that it has to achieve things that are textbook impossible because um, I can't tell you how many times these Olympians of neurosurgery pulled me into like the nurse's station and showed me something on the screen and said, look at that, look right here. What you're seeing is 
impossible. And yet there she is. Right. So, so how long, how long was she in the hospital? She was in the hospital for three, three months. And then, um, one month of outpatient rehab therapy. However, what that meant. So here was kind of the second phase of all of this. So physically we had, she had, she had a fractured skull or what her, I mean, imagine this huge boulder coming here and cracking open. Oh my God. See, um, I, I stumbled upon the photo of the open wound ironically enough yesterday. And it was still like, <gasps> to see it. I mean, course, it unbelievable. unbelievable. And, um, so, but the irony here was sure enough, insurance kicked in and said, okay, she's had enough time. So basically we were released from the hospital when we came back to Tampa. Um, my business of the time had been devastated because it's, it's an unusual profession where all of the sales, and this is, it was in the performing arts or is in the performing arts, um, but all of the sales have to take place basically in, in a four month period. After that point, budgets are spent, you can't even give away a show. It's just the weird thing about that particular industry. And so clearly I found out that it's, really difficult to make cold calls from an ICU room. Um, so Skye could not be left alone. She could not sit up on her own. She was having to learn how to speak again. She was having to learn how to swallow again. She could not lift her arms up to her shoulders. She, again, she couldn't sit up, she couldn't transfer, she couldn't stand, she couldn't do anything. So we got back to Tampa and uh, my business had been, my, our source of income had been destroyed for the year. Um, and there was her little physical body, barely, I mean, she had a, a chest healed because she'd had a fractured spine. She'd had her right, her right thigh had been snapped in half, her left ankle oh. had been pulverized, her scapulas had been fractured. Oh. So Man. it was talk about overwhelming yet again. But this, again, is where there was more kind of profound beauty in the whole process because it was a big problem. And it was, once again, being pushed beyond any sort of familiarity for me and also beyond any limits. And it made me really look and say, okay, wait a minute. If this inner game, at the very least, can influence physical, miraculous healing, surely if I can figure out the formula that can marry the two, the inner game with the outer game, it should be able to work miracles with my profession as well. And mm -hmm. so one thing led to another sky, of course, most of my focus still had to be on Skylar. So I had to find something that worked with in that context. And yet I was a different person, right? I wanted to live a life that felt like I could come even more alive, right? Mm -hmm. I realized the precious of it. So I wanted to find something that I really was passionate about 
And it turns out it was, it had been with me since I was a child. And that was really helping other people unleash the most epic versions of themselves, live more passion, discover their purpose, and really go out there and savor this incredible planet that we have, if we're lucky, a hundred years to play on. So I began to be a, a student. And the first place that I had an opportunity where people started asking me to speak. And I said, okay, there's a, we've got one pretty big problem here. And that is I have incredible stage fright. I, I, there's, I book people on stages. I don't go and speak on stages. However, mm-hmm. so many people were saying, you've got to do this. The story is so powerful. Look at how many people are reaching out saying their lives have been changed. You've got to figure this out. And um, so I thought, well, and I went to an event. First time I was away from Skylar and I was sitting, and this was called train the trainer. It's to train you to be able to speak on stage and train. And I'm sitting in the seats the first day, listening to the trainer, still wondering if I'd done the right thing. And um, he's up on stage and he starts telling a story. And um, he concludes with this metaphor of, if you are content to only make a little bit of change, then just toss a, toss a pebble. But if you want to make a tsunami of change in this world, then you have to learn how to embrace your boulder. Mm. Whoa. <laughs> wow. Yep. So I literally, <laughs> I literally looked up to the universe. Oh and my God. I That's hear crazy. you loud and clear. I hear yeah. you loud and clear. But you were conscious to hear that. Yes, definitely. Yes. Oh, wow. Yes. That was great. And I, I even realized in that whole metaphor that the clue is even in that word itself that boulder when you take the you out in other words when you get out of your own way then and only then can you live a bolder version of your life right and so not only did I was it time for me to be bold, but it was time for me to commit to allowing this magic, right? And to realize that quite possibly this boulder had not come to destroy us. It had come to destroy the things that we had been allowing to hold us back. And so therein was the opportunity for us to really come even more alive. And so one thing led to another. I started speaking. Uh, I started getting past my fear of the haters out there and realizing that if I could impact even one person, who am I to cower behind some words from someone who it's not about me anyway when when there's a hater right it's Mm -hmm. about something going on in their own life and their perception of the world Mm -hmm. so um I started to really 
play. And I started, when I say play, I mean, we'll, when, when we say work, it's it, often we're, we are associating that with, with struggle, right? And, and yet we'll go on these treacherous mountain bike trails over and over again with fighting death, doom and despair. And because it's play, we'll, we'll do it over and over again and enjoy ourselves at the, in the process. So I was, I set out on a mission to really, if I was going to do this, I wanted to be absolutely the best that I could. And I wanted to figure out a simple to follow formula that I could begin applying that would tap into everything I'd learned about the inner game and the focus and the energy and the power of our words and all that wonderful stuff. And then marry it with the outer game skills that would help me be able to realize this and grow my business quickly enough because I was very time conscious because I had no idea how we were going to pay our bills. And I had a daughter who very much depended on me. So mm -hmm. it took me some, you know, some figuring, right? Some trial and error and trying this and some things worked and some things didn't. It was like Edison and his light bulb, right? And, um, but all of a sudden then it started to come together and it definitely started building momentum. And one thing led to another. So people started suggesting, well, why don't you not only talk to people about the power of, you know, your story and the inner game, but can you teach this formula to people? And at first I thought, well, I don't know. But again, I decided to play in an area that was unfamiliar for me and give it a whirl. And that's when, you know, Grip Mindset Academy was born and where I fell in love, it became my calling to watch people, even some people after one freaking session, just their, their energy is completely different. Mm -hmm. What does grit stand for again? What is grit? So that, so grit is the mindset that I really believe that those people that I, that we talked about who just become epic versions of themselves, right. Who emerge huge. They all have this, this grit factor. And so G stands for really owning their greatness, but understanding that their greatness, although it's wonderful from those yay moments, but understanding that the real greatness comes from those moments when you're knocked down. And the only thing you have is your mindset committed to creating a miracle more than giving up, right? So that's owning your greatness. That's the G. The R is looking at the world through the eyes of resilience, not what is life doing to me? What is life doing for me? Where's the gem here? Where's the opportunity? And the I to me stands for that marriage of being open and aware of intuition, but marrying it with your very positive focus, deliberate intention. So it's into engine. And then the final T stands for transformation and understanding that our power lies in the ability to change, lies in the ability to embrace and, and welcome fluidity and movement and adaptability and that transformation that we have the opportunity to explore and experience our entire life so that to me is the grit mindset I love that that's beautiful 
where is what is going on with Skylar now? I'm really curious. He's amazing. <laughs> so here we are. Um, oh my we're, goodness! We're four and a half years into this wonderful adventure, and she is unstoppable. Talk about someone who has that grit mindset. Um, she still the little fine tuning place is her balance. Somehow the physical damage to that part of her brain. Uh, we're still working with that. Uh, but we have started exploring uh, the, what's called an, an exoskeleton treatment. So it's literally putting a robot on her body that helps her because what I realized that even though this is in, was originally designed for a different kind of injury, her m- big challenge was that she never could get the repetition, the consistent repetition when she was actually trying to practice to walk consistently correct so that muscle memory could kick in. Mm-hmm. So with the robot, it forces her to have certain gait and all of that. So she's starting to get better. We also discovered these incredible like socks and a sleeve called by Vox Life that, that somehow really stimulates your brain Mm-hmm. And so the combination of those two, she's really getting to the point where she can almost on her own, almost be able to transfer herself from like a couch to her wheelchair. Um, clearly right now we still stand by her, but with, you know, she wears a gait belt all the time. And, but even with a gait belt in therapy, they're working with her with a walker. They're working with her with one of those tripod canes. Um, we work with her going just the gate belt, holding onto the side of the steps, but going down the steps and up the steps. So, and her, you know, her joie de vivre, her joy in life is unsurpassed. I mean, I was going to ask you, how is her mental attitude? And it is still a big game life changer. It it is for sure. And here's an interesting something about this particular injury is um, it's fascinating because somehow it, even though she, she's still bilingual, she, she, I mean, her mental capacity is amazing. However, that that wasn't affected. No. However, the creative part of her brain, the part that has that little voice that we sometimes wish we could get rid of, she says that that part is not there anymore. Well, that happens with stroke victims sometimes. There's a lady that you may know, the uh, author who, who is that? Who had a stroke. Oh, and her, I know who you're talking about. I can't think her of what. ego. Yeah, that, that I, little voice. Stroke of luck or magic. She wrote the book that said a stroke of something, I think. Um, yeah. But so, yes. Wow. Oh, my and, God. Yes. So it's super interesting and uh, very, very and interesting. What's fascinating is, although it's amazing to live with her being joyful, like all the time, it's also interesting to see though, that without that voice, the creative composition, the tonalities that we experience, are somehow diminished. 
So, yeah, so we need, that's why we need the ego. We try to get rid of the ego. No, we need it. Yep. We do need it. Yep. <laughs> it's important. Yep. <laughs> yep. So it's, yeah. it's, it's interesting to, to see that and have, be able to share that insight, right? Wow. So, yes. Yes. But she well, turned the pun she, rocking it. <laughs> it's amazing. This is so amazing. Um, and I would love for you to leave us. If you're, if you're done, you yes. can talk, you can tell more. Um, but if you feel good about what you told me, it was a beautiful mm-hmm. story. It's an amazing story. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you leave us with some last words of wisdom or something you want to share sure. with the audience, a parting, parting something? Sure, sure. Um, I think the, the, the one thing and the thing that I share with my, with my one-on-one clients is all of these techniques, all of these strategies are amazing and they can be life-changing. However, what it fundamentally comes down to is the choice between looking at our, I'm going to use the word challenges for right now, challenges as evidence of the impossible or evidence of the potential I'm possible. And don't, I would encourage you to never, never let anyone tell you that impossible is anything other than temporary, right? Especially don't let that someone who's telling you that be yourself, right? Love it. Yes. Amen. Mm -hmm. Amen. Where can people get in touch with you? And I will have this information in the show notes, everybody. And just, and FYI, my light fell during the sit down <laughs> with you. Uh, you'll probably notice that if you're watching it on YouTube, but if you've been following me, you know, I always have issues with my lights. I don't know. I'm trying to get it right. It's just a little Lovely angel that, a little angel that has. I know it was so but- weird. It, it, went, it, went, it went, oh, and I was listening to you so intently and I'm like, Oh my God, that was weird. Um, <laughs> but where can people get in touch with you? I'll have the information in the show notes, but you know, let everybody know. Perfect. Perfect. Yes. So I, if you, if any of this resonated with you and you are feeling that you could use a little bit more help with some of this clarity, I would welcome you to reach out onto to me on my website at gritmindsetacademy.com and I, of course, any of Lenora's listeners, I'm always welcome to do a 20 minute, um, you know, power strategy session to see what we can do to really help you get over whatever boulder you might be dealing with right now and to go on and live that epic version of yourself. Was that the gift you were talking about? So the gift I have. Oh, oh. I didn't yeah, know. Is, okay. Is, okay. Is, oh, it is, is the gift? Actually, okay, you guys. Yes. So is that it a, is is that that a free 20, 20 minute? Yes, it is oh. a, a 20 minute um, session for your, your powerful future now strategy. And we're going to put the link down in there. It's a little bitly link. Uh, and um, I would I really encourage you to take me take me up on this because um, there's a saying with Einstein that I think you know that um, you can't find the solution 
we're the same mind that created the problem, right? And sometimes it just takes a little bit of help and it can really give you that boost rather than keep you on that hamster wheel cycle that I was on of trial and error and trial and error. But because I had the same beliefs, I had the same definitions, I had the same expectations, I always felt like I ended up with the same, you know, disappointing results, even though Mm -hmm. I felt like I was trying everything. And when Mm -hmm. I was able to shift a few little things, thanks to this boulder, then this boulder stopped being something that was here to teach me about death. It began to be something that taught me how to choose to live. And I made you bolder, made you bolder. It made me bolder, baby. B-O-L-D-E-R. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. Yes, I love that. Yeah, um, you are. You'll send me those links to put on there. Yes, um, hang out, hang out for a second. Uh, you guys, my everything's going to be in the show notes from all my information as usual. I ask also going to ask you, I should have said this in the beginning, but I forget. But if you do not ask, you will not receive. So <laughs> please, 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 please subscribe to my YouTube channel. It's a new dawn. It's underneath in the show notes. Also, I'm on every major pod, uh, platform also. So if you can subscribe on, I'm on Apple, Spotify, Anchor, whatever, uh, you can leave a review on Apple, I believe, and uh, share, support me, subscribe. I would truly, truly appreciate it. Comments I would like, likes would be great too. And like I said, I never ask. So please, you guys, do that for me. Um, The Roar Bar, you know I talk about it every show. It's the only package good I eat. Um, they do not sponsor my show, but I am an affiliate and a, an ambassador. And they give 10% of all their net proceeds to feed the hungry children worldwide, owned by Jake and Rachel. Which they're a young couple in Minnesota, and I just adore them. Uh, they are vegan, this bar, uh, but any diet, good for any diet. All protein-packed bars from 18 to 22 grams. And um, mostly all organic ingredients. The only non-organic ingredients, as far as I know right now, is um, almond butter. But by now, they might have it organic. Um, 11 to 13 net carbs and no artificial sweeteners uh, put together by coconut oil, which is really good for your brain. You have everybody uh, sweetened by coconut nectar, blackstrap molasses, and a little bit of Himalaya salt. Please support me. My affiliate link is going to be below. If you buy from that link, check out the website too. You guys are going to be convinced. I truly, truly, truly love this company and the bar. Um, If you buy from that link, it helps me out a bit and helps them. So on that note, thank you so much for for joining me. I so appreciate it. I just adore the story. And unfortunately, as I've said before, People's attention spans are so short. That's why I try not to go on over an hour, but I'm sure we could have talked about this for <laughs> a couple hours. So thank you for joining me. I appreciate it. It's been such a pleasure. And thank you all for listening and for going out and being the best version of yourself. <laughs> thank you. Have a good evening, everybody. Bye.